0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network Hi, Melissa. Hey Elisa. It's 399 a free show
1: ever. Can you believe that?
0: Nine. That's one away from 400. What are we going to do for 400? It'll just be another episode.
1: <laughs> It'll just be another episode. So we yeah. do not have cash and valuable prizes to, uh, to give away. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that would be nice. That would be fun. That would be fun. And hopefully, listeners, you're not hearing my, uh, not my, but the HOA landscape errors outside. I think they've gone down the street, but they were just outside the window mowing the lawn. So hopefully I, you don't they, hear that anymore.
0: And hopefully my uh, internet doesn't cut out on me. Isn't it? It's lovely to be summertime, isn't it? Mm.
1: So, I have a question for you. Okay. That can lead us right into the main topic. Okay. Okay, so as you know, I do not have a HomePod mini or a regular size HomePod. I have two Echo Dots. I also have an Echo Show and I have a Google Mini that I still haven't plugged in yet. Because <laughs> I just can't get to the plug. It's behind my dresser. So, eventually. However,. Through Staples, I can get a HomePod Mini for the next couple of days for $70. So my question to you is, should I
0: get one and why? I think you should because that's a really good price and I think you would have fun playing with it and I love mine. I mean you're the one that, that tipped me off to the sale on it and you, you texted me and I was like, Okay, take my money and I and I bought it and I normally don't do that, but I had been lusting after one for quite a while. I, I just we use it all the time. But see then again, so my question to you is how often do you what's the equivalent? Would it be the 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 dot would it be the equivalent of the HomePod mini in the Amazon world of things?
1: Probably. The uh, but see that's the other problem. Yeah. Where am I going to put it? I have a Sonos in the living room. Yeah. I have the dot right here on my desk. Yeah. I have the other dot upstairs in the spare bedroom. I have the show in the kitchen mm-hmm. and the Google mini in my bedroom. There isn't any other room. You'd have to replace one of those with it.
0: That's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe get it, play around with it and see if you like it better than one of the Amazon things. Well, okay. Let's, let's look at it this way. What do you use the Amazon dot for? And all of these things are basically comparable to the HomePod Mini in that it's a personal assistant, you talk to it, you create shopping lists, you ask it about the weather. Do you have skills programmed into these? No.
1: I'm pretty much bare bones. It's just music.
0: It's just music?
1: They're just music players? Okay, For me. For me.
0: And you don't use it for anything else?
1: I don't like shopping lists that way. I'm still old school. I still like writing on a piece of paper. Right. And, you know, occasionally, like, my my... Actually, the, I'm not sure what version this is, but the dot that I have on my desk is a more current vision, version than the one I have upstairs. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, the ring will turn green, which means I have a notification. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say, hey, hey lady, what's my notification? And it's usually, hey, you are probably due to buy this product. Should I order it for you? And do you take advantage of that? And I
0: say, no. Is it I'll usually... Order it-
1: yeah, I'll order it when I'm ready. And I don't like okay. to do it that way. I like to go onto the website and right. and do it myself. So
0: even though it's it's handing you the notifications about your shopping, you're still not using it for shopping. No. Okay. And I don't use a HomePod for that either. I only use for for that. I mean, I use the HomePod for a lot of things, but just for that, I'm using it. I'm using it to add things to the shopping list. And I mean, I can do it from anywhere in the house because we have a small house. It's like fifteen seventy something square foot. So, like, what's the square footage of, of your house, like, in your downstairs area? It's about, I think downstairs is about 1,600. Okay. So, it's a little bit bigger than mine. So, it's it stands to reason that it probably, like, for example, I, at times, I have to really focus on where I want the information to go. So, for example, if I'm crafting a reminder for myself that might be a little bit long, I want to do it from my phone. But so many times I've had I've said, hey, S lady and the HomePod mini in the living room, which is basically centrally located in the home, picks it up even from the bedroom because the microphones are that powerful, even just on the mini, if you can imagine what it'd be for the full size one. So, I mean, it just serves our, our purposes as far as, you know, like, again, I, I use it for timers. I use it for so much more than you probably would. So it's probably overkill for your needs. But I'm just saying that for that price, it would be something that I mean, if I could get it, we don't have Staples here. We have Office Max, I want to say. Yeah. Maybe I should go check there. But if I could get it for that price, I would get another one to put in the kitchen to be able to use it as a speaker and maybe put the HomePod Mini. I No, I would still keep the HomePod Mini in the, in the living room. So, again, it would still be overkill. I don't know that I would get. I would get maybe two so that I could pair them as speakers and maybe put them on the left and the right side of the living room to balance the sound out. So I, I I would still find a reason to justify getting another one at that price. <laughs> I <laughs> but I mean, you're, you're covered. I mean, and you're only using it for music. You could switch to the HomePod Mini and just use it for the same exact purposes and more if you wanted to because you have an Apple Music subscription and it works it- off of that.
1: But is it only Apple Music or can you hook up
0: other services? Because I listen to SiriusXM in the house. Yeah. And you use your Amazon for that? Then I don't – listeners can correct me if I'm wrong. See, I've never had the need to do that or even look into that because I only want to use Apple Music. But for other third party, I don't know. I'd have to look that up.
1: Yeah. See, my Sonus player will play all – they play Spotify, Amazon, Mm -hmm. SiriusXM, Apple Music. I am not Pandora. sure, I wonder. I don't want to... To me, that's more of a one-trick pony, the HomePod.
0: Um, when it comes to music, then probably. I'm going to go look it up quick um, and see. And then how do I...
1: Can I um, give it commands via an app, or do I have to do everything through the HomePod itself?
0: So you use the HomePod many... Mini- with your voice. The only time you ever have to interact with it to touch it is if you were near it and wanted to press the up and down volume or tap the center of it to engage it. So if you didn't want to say, Hey S lady, but I rarely ever do that. The only time I did that was the other day. I noticed that the volume was really low. The music was coming out really low because one of us had turned it down and I just tapped on the volume button to turn it up, but I just rarely ever do that. So it's really all, You interact with it with your voice, you give it spoken commands, and it responds to you. I call them spells and incantations. Mm -hmm. Uh, But see, you know, like I'm using it to control my living room, my lights. Um, I haven't done anything with cameras yet. I haven't. But see, it, it relies on shortcuts. Same thing as like with Amazon requires skills. You have to use the Amazon Somewhere in the Amazon, I don't know if it's the Amazon app. I did it so many years ago when I helped somebody with it, but you have to set up skills. But with Apple, it's shortcuts. So you set up a shortcut and you use your phone, your iPad, or your Mac to set up the shortcuts. And then you you issue the spell or incantation, the spoken command, and then the HomePod carries it out. So it's definitely not a one-trick pony as far as that's concerned. But with music, I just looked up, you know, can you play, and it came up right in the search. Other people have searched this too, how to play Spotify on HomePod. But you would use AirPlay. So you would, at least if I'm just looking at just the the articles. Um, according to this one, you can select AirPlay or Bluetooth within the Spotify app, but how do you do it? You're just issuing a spoken command. So how do you play? Like, how do you do it right now? How do you play? I say music. I just Mm -hmm. like every morning
1: when we're eating breakfast, I just, I'm in the kitchen and I just go, a lady play Sirius XM. And it plays the last station that I had played in the house. So it's not necessarily the last station I played on that echo. Maybe I played through the Sonos, a different station, and that's the station it picks up. But still, that's how you play it. And if I don't like it, then I just go switch to, you know, Sirius XM 70s on 7.
0: So I just found an article that says which music services are supported on the HomePod. And it does have pictures of the HomePod Mini. So I think they just mean it says Apple's HomePod and HomePod Mini are two excellent smart speakers for iPhone users. Which music streaming services do they support, though? And it was updated six days ago. And I'm just going to skim through it here. It was originally an exclusively Apple device, but now there are 30 third-party music sources you can listen to. Let's see. Pandora. Mm -hmm. Deezer. TuneIn Radio. iHeartRadio says other music services, Spotify, YouTube, Music, Amazon, and more. Let me do a search and see if it has Sirius XM. Yeah.
1: See, meanwhile, you just open up the Alexa app, the Amazon app, and it shows like Elisa's Echo Show. And it, I can add an alarm to it. I can drop in, use it as an intercom. Mm-hmm. I can, you can uh, do that on uh, pop photo. any Yep. I can have a photo display on that. And then it tells me what my Wi-Fi network is. That's and, a visual. That's a visual thing. Yeah, that, but the, it will also tell me. Like, I can group my speakers together, so I can mm-hmm. play the same song all over the house. Right? You can do that with Apple. a lot of times. What happens is, I will be in the kitchen, and I'll say, "Hey, elect, you know, "Hey, a hey, lady, play such and such." But it doesn't play in the kitchen. I hear it in
0: my office, mm-hmm. where I am right
1: now. I'm like, "Where's mm-hmm. that music coming from?" The, mm-hmm. the other one picked it up.
0: But I can. But also, can you link them all so that you can walk yep. from room to room? Okay. Mm-hmm. I can do that with our TVs. Like we have Apple TVs hooked up to our television sets. And if the televisions are on or even just in the living room, it comes out of the HomePod mini speaker because that's what I have set to substitute for the crappy Apple TV speaker. But I can play music on multiple things. So I can walk from the living room. It's an open floor plan. Like you have an open floor plan too. Yes. So I can hear it throughout the living room, dining room area. And then I can walk into my bedroom and still hear the same music. Yeah. In fact, I just did it a couple of days ago and I was actually surprised because I've been doing this for years, but I hadn't tried it recently. And when I tried it again, there was no lag. I could walk from room to room and it was the same thing. There was no lag at all. And I was really impressed by that. So I know I know it will do that. So can you cook all of yours together and go from place to place mm-hmm. and hear? the same music playing okay
1: yep and then um here it's showing on another tab it's showing me that i recently played sirius xm 70s on seven that i played um a bob dylan song on pandora
0: are you looking on the show or your phone I'm looking on my phone okay. on, the, right. on the
1: app. It's showing what I played on Amazon Music. It's showing what I played in Pandora. It's showing me my Audible library if I wanted to listen to an audio book. And then it's saying link new services like Tidal or iHeartRadio or Spotify, which I don't listen to. You
0: know, so there's a lot of things I can do within the app at the same time. Right. So, I mean, you can do that to some extent on the iPhone, but it's just I don't have all of those extra services for me to – see that it sounds like you have kind of a hub going on there where it'll 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 let you view all of the services that you have combined and it gives the, you like a history of your usage
1: yeah and then it's showing me i can create a list or a note a calendar a routine reminders alarms and skills like right all that, through
0: the app that that would be the same as the shortcuts yeah so. and then the home pod so the home app is where you control all of that stuff similarly you would use the Home app to do that, and that would control your rooms, your zones, your uh, themes, or scenes—I think they're called. So yeah, you can do that kind of stuff in there. It's just that I don't have all the additional services. So what? Tell me what does um, what does Sirius have over Apple Music? It's there's radio stations. Apple Music has radio stations. What is it that you like about Sirius? I'm curious. We've Sirius been listening XM. to Sirius. Oh
1: my gosh. We have been listening for probably 20 years now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think when it, when it, there used to be a Sirius and there used to be an XM radio, two different services. Mm-hmm. And I
0: think we had okay.
1: XM. And I've heard they, of them
0: both. And like one's yeah, just for your and car. Then,
1: yeah. At the time it was only for your car and then they merged and then it became, they kind of condensed everything. So now when you get a subscription, you can listen to it everywhere. It's just how many channels do you want? Um, but so what I can love, Sirius do
0: that Apple Music can't do in, in the car, for example?
1: Well, if I'm listening to Apple Music in the car, I'm streaming. Whereas when I'm doing it with Sirius XM, it's like part of my subscription. I'm not using data. I'm using, really? it's like, because <laughs> it's a setting in the car. Yeah. Your car radio, it has AM, FM, Sirius XM.
0: Mm-hmm. And so it's a, a radio versus a streaming service. Yeah. So if you don't,
1: obviously, mm-hmm. if you don't pay for Sirius, you don't hit that button because nothing happens. Right. So Tom and I both have Sirius in our cars, and then we just program it like you can listen to baseball games. He listens to the football games, the sports stations. Okay. I listen to
0: 70s, 80s music, new wave music. So it's more music, like radio, radio stations versus... But without the
1: commercials.
0: Right. Well, and now. Music doesn't have the commercials either, does it? And I've never heard. It's not like
1: terrestrial radio, yeah. Where you have like fifteen minutes of commercials that just make you lose your mind, right? Um, and then the other thing is, and I, I know Apple Music has this too. I, I think because I never really, I never really checked to be honest. But I have a station dedicated just to the Beatles. There's a Beatles yep. station. There's a. Tom you can Petty. create stations, yeah. Well, no, yeah. this isn't create. This is a dedicated Tom Petty a dedicated station. station.
0: Well, a dedicated yeah, I mean they Beatles have. They have a dedicated yeah, they dedicated
1: Springsteen, they have um Grateful Dead, Dave Matthews, U two. They have
0: a lot Pretty of stations sure there's that are something dedicated. similar. There's something similar at least, but and if there's not, I think you just create it for yourself. But yeah. I mean I think the Apple Music can do that. But I don't think it, it will have like the sports stuff. At least not yet. So I think that would be the one big thing that you'd be using serious over Apple Music for is my guess. And then what else do you what else do you use for listening to music? So you have, so so far you've got Sirius and Apple Music. Pandora. Now, where do you listen to your Apple music on? On my computer. You listen to that just on your computer and your iPhone, say? But not on your no just not on, on your the computer, Amazon devices. And I
1: pretty much use Apple Music to discover something or to say, I don't have that Rolling Stones album and then I'll download it into my iTunes library.
0: Mm-hmm. And then talk to me about Pandora. Pand- Pandora,
1: I listen to kind of like Sirius, where you just thumbs up and thumbs down songs. So when you're listening to, say, 70s music, you know that what's going to come up are songs that you like.
0: So according to this s- article,
1: um, as opposed you- to Sirius XM, where you're mm-hmm. going to find out, you're going to hit, there's going to be songs you don't like. And that's why I'm. I know my husband loses his mind, but I'm constantly changing the channel. <laughs> I don't like song. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Where Pandora, I can actually go a whole hour and
0: never touch the dial. So according to this article, you can, it says Pandora's in the Pandora users in the United States can link their free plus or premium accounts to the HomePod and enjoy hands-free voice activated music throughout the home. So you could at least do that, but I, haven't found anything on Sirius just yet, but I'm not looking that hard. Let me check. It just one, you know, in the articles, in the community articles, it says you can play Sirius XM on your HomePod by streaming the service to the device, for example, from an iPad or iPhone. So you started playing there and then you just you stream it to the speaker using Bluetooth, I imagine. But I don't but this doesn't talk about. Being able to control it, like from your voice, like the other ones. I mean, we're trying to do an apples to apples or apples to oranges kind of comparison here. But I mean, I mean the the bottom the TLDR line is the bottom line is I don't think you need a HomePod Mini. It would just be fun to tinker with one, is all. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm excited about. And you know, then you could compare them, and then you could use Amazon's. They have like a buyback or trade-in program. Where like, let's say, let's just say, I don't know, I know this wouldn't happen, but let's say you got a HomePod mini and you really like it and that's all you end up using and you wanted to get a different uh, Amazon device. Like say you wanted to have a HomePod mini in one part of the house, but you wanted to have, you know, the, the latest and greatest Amazon, whatever it is in the, say, the upstairs part, portion of your home or something. You could say, take all of those devices and trade them in and then get a credit and then buy whatever's the latest, greatest with their Amazon and trade-in. At this
1: point, I would get about five bucks.
0: <laughs> five bucks is five bucks. Yeah, that's enough for an extender cable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, no, you don't. You don't need a HomePod Mini. You're you're definitely covered with the devices that you have. It's just that it would be, it would be fun to have a HomePod Mini to see the other things you could do with it. So, for example, like you were talking about, and this is where we're going to segue into thermostats. So in the newer versions of HomePod, I could be sitting in the living room because that's where my HomePod mini is. And I could say, hey, S-Lady, what's the temperature in the living room? What's the humidity in the living room? And it would tell me because it has an actual sensor inside of it. Can you do that with your Amazon if you wanted to?
1: I don't think so, but I've also never asked. Well, ask I've, it. Only, Give it
0: I've a try. only said, what's the weather? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and HomePod can do that too. Try asking it, see if, see if it has something that supports that. Ask it, ask it about the temperature inside of a certain room, like where it's located.
1: Alexa, what's the temperature inside this room? It doesn't look like your device supports that yet.
0: Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I heard that.
1: Yeah. If you didn't hear it, listeners, it says it doesn't seem like your device supports that
0: yet. So that's something you could do with the HomePod Mini if you had one. But but it would only do it for that room. So, for example, you have to tell it which room it's located in. So ours is located in the living room. So you have to use the words living room" as part of your incantation when you talk to it. And then it will tell you. But I wouldn't you know, like i like I was saying before, like the microphones are so powerful that i don't I wouldn't need a home pot in every room just to be able to tell what the temperature is. I'd rather just get like a dinky little battery operated sensor or something like that. So what I was going to segue into is we were going to talk about thermostats. So if you got a smart thermostat, so right now you're saying the one that you have right now is a Honeywell, but it's not program. I mean, it is programmable, but it's a nightmare because it's all manually You have to keep pressing the buttons versus I was trying to tell you that I just got the Honeywell smart thermostat and I love it. I've had one of these before at our old house and I really missed it. And now that I have it again, it's I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with it because I'm familiar with it. It's, I don't know if it was the exact same model, but it looks very much the same and the app all looks the same to me and it gives me reports and everything like that. But um, it's not not that I can tell it's not HomeKit compatible. I haven't tried monkeying around with that yet, but I don't think it is. Whereas if you got the Google Nest, but not the learning Nest that you're interested in, if you got the regular Nest or an Echo Bee, those are HomeKit compatible. So then you could control your thermostat and you wouldn't have to use like the actual app that comes with the device. You could use the home app and you could control the temperature and stuff like that from there. So then you would have a lot more control over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably with the Home Pod, I'm guessing you could say, what's the temperature in the bedroom or something like that if you had sensors? Because some of these things have sensors that you can place in different rooms. So there's that aspect of it. But um, let's talk about our thermostat stuff. So you're still kind of on the fence about which one you want to get, right? Like, what are you leaning towards now? You still are you still interested in you said your neighbor has the Google Learning Nest and they say that they really love it
1: because of his job. He moved around a lot and he said this is the fourth house where he's immediately replaced the thermostat with the Google Learning Nest and he's mm-hmm. very happy with it. He installed it himself. He's very happy with the app. It gives him the reports. He said it's really easy to schedule, to change the temperature up and down or the air conditioning up and down. He was showing me the app. So he's really happy with it.
0: And and I'm saying the same thing about the the one that I have is called the Honeywell Home Wi-Fi Focus Pro. And it's all the same kind of stuff. The only difference is, and this was the advice that I wanted to share with listeners that I told you, is to call whoever services or is going to be servicing your HVAC, your air conditioner, your heating, call them up and just ask them if they'll volunteer this information because my my HVAC company did. And again, they're just kind of a small outfit. I don't think they're like a, you know, they're not a chain in other words. And I really like the lady that I talked to and she kind of gives me a lot of like inside baseball stuff. And when, when I was asking her about it, I said, well, because we had a problem, and our old thermostat died, and I don't even remember what kind it was, and I didn't, I don't even remember what kind the one that they installed was. I hadn't heard of the brand name before. And anyway, the point is, is that they had to install a new thermostat because it wasn't making connection or something. Something wasn't working right with the brand new HVAC system that we just had it installed. And um, I said to her, I said, oh, I said, I was hoping to uh, ask you guys to come out and install a new smart thermostat. And she said, oh, you know, we can do that as part of the the service. Um, just let me know when you get the new one and we'll come back out and install it. And that's what they did. And it was fine. Um, he did have a little trouble. And this is just because of our system. Because I, I watched some videos and I thought, like like you said, your neighbor did it himself. And you can DIY these things if you have the right conditions. And in our scenario, I don't think we had the right conditions. I think it's because ours had been a gas furnace that was then later converted to a heat pump and air handler which is actually better anyway but it is a heat pump nonetheless. So do you do you know anything about your HVAC? What do you what do you have in your system? You have central air, right?
1: Yep, we have a furnace and central air. So we have and this is all new to me. We have right. that thing outside the house.
0: Yeah, that's the condenser. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that has the a thing. coil and... Right, the thing. I know. Yeah. I've been saying that for two. I'm still trying to learn the terminology so that I can actually well, ask intelligent questions. Well, this is all new to us because
1: we've yeah, never Yeah, brand new homes.
0: We've yeah. never had
1: air conditioning before. It's so this is new to us. Oh, uh-huh. And honestly, I hate air conditioning. Um, really? It's the only you don't thing... You like how dry it
0: gets or... It's the, the only thing like my husband it?
1: and I fight about. I, air conditioning is too cold. I'd rather open a window. Oh, okay. And yeah. He wants the air conditioning. I said, we're going to fight about this until the day
0: we die. So. Yeah. Yeah, that that is not an option here when it's 117 degrees out. You do not want to be opening a window. So, out here in the in the de- in the extreme desert, <laughs> we have all the extreme things out here. You just it's not an option. You just can't open a window. I'd I'd love to be able to do that, and I do. I do open windows during the fall and the winter season. I love being able to open a window. I don't like all the pollen that comes in and all the dust from the desert air that comes in and then it ends up making It's harder to clean, and then you have to clean the vents and all that kind of stuff. So there is a price to pay, but um, yeah, there's definitely something to be said for fresh air. But yeah, not an option here. So we do have to live with air conditioning. And but same as you, even though I've had air conditioning all my life out here, this is the first time that we've had the thing (laughs) on the ground level outside the house. Whereas before, and and it depends on where you live and what style of venting you have. So for example older homes our older house was 75 years or older and it had a swamp cooler have you heard that terminology before that's that's where it's a pad that's wet it's just like what it says it's just like what it sounds like a swamp like you you basically have a wet pad and you put it in front of a fan and the fan blows the air over the water and then that's what cools the air but they're not I don't think they're as energy efficient and it can get really humid from the moisture and it was just it was ick. We didn't we didn't like it. So we opted for air conditioning. So they were able to use the existing ductwork, but that meant having to install it on the roof as a package unit. So then they have to get out a crane and all that kind of stuff. But um now we have just the floor unit because it's a, it's a more modern house. So even though we've had it, it's still a different type of air conditioning that we still had to learn more about because now it's a heat pump. So for example, I was going to mention this. So we now have the smart thermostat. The thing that I like about it, and you'll probably like this too with whatever you get, is that you can set your temperature, but then you can also control it remotely. So say when you get ready to go on a cruise or when if we leave the house, go on vacation we can set the temperature but then let's say you know out here we're probably going to set it to 80 that's what they recommend keeping it at 80 cuz you don't want it <clears throat> excuse me you don't want it to get too hot in the house because then things will melt <laughs> we actually did that a few years ago and a few years ago a long long time ago we went on a really extended vacation from our old house and we just turned everything off because we wanted to save money on electricity and we didn't we thought what's the point of having having everything run so we just unplugged everything and turned the HVAC off and because our house was so old and not insulated very well, this is awful. But we came back and here the wax seals on the toilet rings had melted. Oh so when God. you went to flush the toilet, all the water came out the bottom. <laughs> yeah, And the, the toilets were like dry. I mean, it just evaporated. So it was bad. So you do not want to let your house get that hot during the summer because things will melt. I mean, candles were melted. I mean, it just got really, really bad. So so the lesson learned the hard way is that we do have to leave the air conditioning on. Plus, it's bad to turn the unit off. The The thing that keeps this unit running most efficiently is to keep it running because then, and this is what it was explained to me, if you shut it off and then you come back home, it's going to take forever for it to get back up to a comfortable temperature And it's also going to work the unit really, really hard. So you want to kind of keep it on an even keel. And so they recommended that if we go away for vacation, set it to 80, and then this is what I'm going to take advantage of. As we're coming back home, once we leave, as we're coming back home, we're going to be setting the temperature, like say we, say we set it to 80, we're going to want to drop it down to say 75 or something. And with a heat pump, it says somewhere in the instructions, like you only want to do increments of four degrees. So let's say, let's say I really wanted to make the place nice and cool when we came home and I wanted to drop it down to say 72, that would be bad. You don't want to go from 80 all the way down to 72 right away. You want to go in like four degree increments and give it a chance. Now I'm going to have to research and figure out like how long for like an hour, I'm guessing, like, you know, set it to but see, I can do this all remotely, because it's connected to Wi Fi in the house. Now I just have to worry about make sure that there's no energy spikes that take the Wi Fi out and keep the Wi Fi out. So I mean, you're taking a risk, right? But I mean, that's that's with anything. So we'll set it at 80 and leave it at 80. And then hopefully, everything will stay connected while we're gone, because we're only going to go away for like a week anyway. And uh, then we're going to use the remote feature to slowly drop the temperature so that by the time we arrive home, it's nice, cool, and comfortable. And that's the beauty of having a remote Wi-Fi thermostat.
1: You want to tell that to my husband? Because he wants nothing to do with
0: this. <laughs> well, and he's going to he's gonna have to listen to this episode then. <laughs> yeah. See,
1: here, because we don't have that extreme in temperature, mm-hmm. we can turn the – like right now, our, our heat is off.
0: The heat and the air conditioning
1: is just completely off. Mm -hmm. uh, And I'm not turning. It got cold the other day. It got, Mm -hmm. I said, I am not turning the heat on. It's June. That is not happening. But when it starts to get a little too warm, the air conditioning goes on. And then when it feels comfortable, we turn it off. But I Mm -hmm. like the idea of being, like you said, of being able to say, okay, we're on our way home. Mm -hmm. It's 30 degrees outside. Let's put the heat on so that we don't walk into a freezer.
0: Right, that's you know, we exactly probably, what it's we, for. We,
1: what we've always done is when we go away for an extended amount of time, we would put the heat down to 60 because you can't freeze the pipes. That's mm-hmm, a problem right. we have. You have melted. Yeah, the opposite problem. Have, yeah. You know, freezing yep. pipes that'll right. burst. So we put everything on 60, but it'd be nice to say, we're an hour from home
0: now, let's put mm-hmm. the heat up to 70.
1: Right. And, and then that's, you walk into a nice
0: toasty house. And even though you don't have a heat pump, I would still encourage you to call your HVAC professional the, whoever's servicing your place and ask them what they say, ask them, you know, what is the best thing to do for our brand new? Cause this is your brand new house and you want to maintain it. Cause those things are like you just said, you, you're not used to having any air conditioning. Well, get used to it and get used to the price that it's going to cost when it starts to break down over the years. So to make it last really long, you don't want to stress it like that. You don't want to drop it down so fast. I think it's the same, like it's specifically four degrees, I want to say for a heat pump, but ask your HVAC servicer what they recommend as far as what to set the temperature at when you're gone. Because again, it's still an, it's still an air conditioner, and a, and a heat you know heating system. You might still want to leave it running while you're gone. That's going to be up to them to tell you. Like I said, your your weather is completely different. Maybe it's probably true that you you can just leave it off while you're gone. But if you're depending on what part of the year that you travel, if you are coming back to an increase in weather you know, whether it be heat or cold, and you are going to want to boot it back up again. First of all, I don't know. I guess you you can do that remotely, but, you know, if it's turned off completely, I'm not sure. You'd have to check your your app settings. But talk to your HVAC professional, ask them what they recommend. They're they're the best ones to tell you what's best for your system as far as what's going to stress it, what is going to strain it when you are turning it back on from it being off for a while. And then also you know, what's a comfortable temperature to leave it at if they do recommend leaving it on. And then ask them, this is the the real big thing that ties into what we're talking about today, ask them what thermostats, when they have to go out on house calls to service places, what are the thermostats that they see problems with the most? Because that's what my service professional told me when I was excited about getting the the Google Nest, not the learning one, but the regular Nest. I was just going to, get one of those, because as we were talking about before the show, there are, this is another thing to check, check with your electric company for, for people listening. And I think we've said this before, but check with your electric company or, your, or whatever your utility companies are and find out if they have either an incentive program or a rebate program where you can get a smart thermostat installed and you'll either get a rebate or it'll be free or it'll be at a reduced cost And and look into those programs, because these are really going to be what's saving you on your energy bills. And when I talked to my HVAC professional about it, they told me that they did not recommend the Google Nest. In fact, they said that they call it the Google Pest. And it's because out of all of the smart thermostats that they have to service for all the homes, they say that's the one that they have the trouble with the most. And what was told to me is that when you get one of those, you might love it for the first year or two, and then it After that, for whatever reason, I don't know if there's a magical time frame or whatnot. And again, these are like reading Amazon reviews. Like you can tell sometimes when the reviews are bad because it's user error. And I'm sure that that's probably what's going on. Probably what happened was they liked it for the first year and all these people that were complaining And then an update came down and they didn't know how to install it or it didn't get installed correctly or or something happened on the user side of things. And it could be that it's just not as intuitive. And that's why they keep getting calls to come out and service these particular thermostats. But Honeywell is the one that we went with. And um, for several reasons, one, because I've had it before and I'm used to it. And because Honeywell is like one of those brands that's had longevity, it's been around for a long time when it comes to heating and cooling so i just i trust the the brand better it's not as polished when i look at the app i can put some some um screenshots in the show notes so you can see what it looks like when i look at the app and even just the interface it is not very modern looking i mean it looks a little dated if you if i would say that but they do keep up with the with the app that's one of the first things that i check in fact um i was going to tell you about this somebody from solar came out to our house and You know, we we bought this house with what was considered, quote-unquote, owned solar. And long story short, yes, it was owned. We didn't have to walk into a lease, which was great. But we found out the hard way that the panels were not reinstalled correctly when whoever years ago put the new roof on. And it wasn't that long ago because the roof looks pretty new, which is another thing that attracted us to this house. But it turns out that some of the panels, or a lot of the panels, shorted out. And so we lost, like, half of our array. So even Mm -hmm. though we have solar... I mean, if you were to look at my roof, the whole south roof is covered in solar panels, which is, is nice. But we're only able to really use like half of that. And there's a couple of spares that we can have swapped out and stuff like that. But it's a really old unit. It's a really old set of panels. And the newer panels that have just come out are like twice as as efficient. There's smaller amounts of glass with twice the amount of wattage and, and output and that sort of thing. So it's about... It's not about how much glass you have, how much solar you have on your roof, but how efficient they are. And so even though we have a set, it's kind of inefficient. Now, we're willing to just stick with what we have because it does lower our electric bill. Last month our electric bill was like 25 bucks. And I think that's just the service fee, right? But we paid thousands of dollars, like over $4,000 to have it repaired. So, it's it's going to take several years for us to realize the savings and cost on our electric bill versus what we had to pay out to have the array salvaged and repaired so that we could utilize what's up there instead of just scrapping it and starting over with like a, you know, $25,000 loan, right? We it was it was advisable, it was advised to us that we keep what we have and try to work with it rather than starting over. So that's what we did. But then somebody came to the house and I usually always turn them away and I point and I say, "Uh, we do have solar." But this guy was a little bit different. He was doing an audit and wanted to actually educate us on it. And that's what I wanted. So I wanted to learn more about it. So I'm thinking about getting more panels because now I still have to research this and it'd be really lovely if listeners are hearing this and say, no, 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 don't do it. Or yes, you know, you should, you should do this. It's a worthy investment because we're thinking about getting newer panels installed on the other side of the home to bring up. So I guess when he says audit, meaning like we looked at, our electric bill together, and there was some calculations done that said, okay, here's how much more solar you need to put on your roof in order to get your, your bill down to nothing. In other words, you still have to pay the electric company their connection to the grid service fee, right? You're still connected to the grid. You still have to have an electric bill. It can't be like completely off the grid, but here's how much more we need output wise in order to never get an electric bill. And only to pay that monthly service fee for having the account, which is kind of ridiculous, but it is what it is, right? What's the alternative? The alternative is you still pay an electric bill and the prices can go up and up and up, right? Whereas if you invest in solar, this is this is what I am taking away from this presentation or whatever you want to call it that was given to me. That if you invest in solar now, you're basically guaranteeing that your price only stays what you're paying for the loan for the solar. You're not paying an electric bill. So you might only be paying, let's say, you're guaranteed to pay, say, $100 a month based on the loan for the solar plus the service fee for electric. But then if the, when the electric goes up and they start charging customers more, You're not paying that difference. You're still paying for the solar. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So that's what we're up against. Like, that's what we're trying to decide if we want to do that. If we don't do anything, if we just stick with what we have, then what's going to happen is we're still going to get an electric bill. So coming this summer, this is going to be our first – this will be our second summer here, but it will be our first summer with the solar panels fixed. In other words, they were repaired last July. So come this July, we'll have an idea. We can go back through our bill. And I also encourage people to do that. Log into your electric company and download your reports and be looking at that kind of stuff because that's what's going to help you make informed decisions. And we're going to look and say, okay, this is about how much we pay on average per month for this whole last year with the solar panels salvaged and correctly connected and, and outputting what they're going to output based on what we have left up there. And then we're going to have to compare that to what we could be saving if we got additional panels put on. And then also what's going to happen, too, is because that array is so old, and when I say old, we're talking like pushing 15 years, um, and they're not, you know, outputting as much capacity as they used to. Eventually, we're going to have to replace the inverter, and that's going to cost a couple thousand. And eventually, we're going to have to replace panels, so we might having this new system will protect us from the downfall that I guess we would see as that system ages out. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're still going to have to have replacements here and there. We're still going to have to be playing catch up. But the point is, is that we won't be paying $500 or $300 or whatever it's going to cost to cool down a larger home. You know, we were paying between, it was like three to 350 a month for the summer, you know, just for a couple and that is the point where Melissa's internet
1: decided to cut out, which is what she was afraid of. And because she is going to be going out of town for a few days, we don't have another time to record. So I'm going to end this episode right here with a little bit of our contact information. So if you want to get a hold of us, our email is podcast at com. If you'd like to tweet at us, it's at Uh I can be reached at Elisa Paselli one. Melissa is at the Mac Mommy and also the Mac If you'd like to follow us on Mastodon, Melissa is at the Mac at mastodon.cloud. I am at Sensei dai at mastodon.social. And the show is at geekiest show ever at techhub.social. We'd like to thank you so much for listening. We will see you again in a couple of weeks. And until then, please stay safe.